Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things Real Housewives. My name is James Evans and joining me is the straw that stirs my drink, it's Ellie Nunn. (laughs) Hey James! Hi, how are you? Oh... I'm good. I'm excited to whoop it up. Me too. Oh my God. I feel like Vicky Gumbelson in Andalays. I'm on that bar. I'm having a great time uh, dancing on top of taxis. You've got those light up ears. Yeah. I pissed myself in Tamara's bed. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, it's one for the And really notes. gross. It, yeah. but... <laughs> We've all been there really, haven't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> Vicky Gumbleson on a night out is honestly my idea of hell. Are you kidding me? I, 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 the money I would give to have a share in Andalays and just sit in a corner until she turns up. I, I don't know what I would do. Oh, no. I mean, like, as someone who doesn't drink, people like that when they're drunk are honestly my worst nightmare. Because you don't have like the fun, hazy drunk like glasses on yourself with through to see them mm-hmm. with through to see them. <laughs> like I might be a little already. drunk right now. <laughs> yeah. well, if you're not seeing yeah. them through that lens. You're just seeing them in the cold, hard light of, you know, the underlays club lights. By the way, speaking of, I feel like we should just clear something up. A few weeks ago, James effectively pulled a Kyle Richards <laughs> and outed me on this outed show <laughs> by saying <laughs> I'd fallen off the wagon. Well, you stole my goddamn house, Ellie. That's what you get. <laughs> Sadly, it's nowhere near as uh, as gossip worthy. And um, I'm just like a sad little frigid old lady who decided to give up drinking a few years ago because she couldn't hack the hangovers. And literally people all the time when they're like, oh, my God, why don't you drink? Do you mind me asking? Do you mind me asking why you don't drink? Is that OK? Is that something personal? Yeah. And it feels so embarrassing to have to be like, oh, I, I just um, I just got really bad anxiety hangovers and. I decided not to do that anymore. And everyone's like, oh. I, it's really, <laughs> I, I really, you know, I'm really happy that you're on this new path in life where you're much healthier than I am. But I really look back wistfully on the days when I lived in your house over that summer and we just drank copious uh, bottles of rosé and watched Dance Moms on repeat. Those were uh, the days. Golden days. Golden times. Mm, um, I know. I kind of miss it too. But I like to think that I'm I'm just as fun as Shannon Bedore hitting the vodka with my um, straight tonic water on a night out. I don't hold back. Is that what you have in your hand right now, may I ask? Do you have a special tipple for the occasion today? I do. I'm, I'm coming at you with, um, with a particularly oh God, in a mug. strong, sweet Roubosh tea. <laughs> oh, my God. caffeine free don't want to keep myself up (laughs) at night (laughs) it's past five (laughs) what tipple are you bringing to the (laughs) what tipple are you bringing to the party today james well ellie let me tell you i really agonized over this because there are so many drinks to choose from in the housewives pantheon of alcoholic Mm. beverages so i kind of thought of the you know the classic skinny girl margarita of course i then considered kelly ben simone's kelaid 
which is, uh, I think it's just beer and Patron. God, that sounds like something you might have to drink at the end of your time in a cult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, why is she called it Kelly? Surely it should be Kelly. No, wait. Kelemonade. No? <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh. oh no but no that's all right she would i can imagine her in like a white tunic just being like drink it drink it in a french accent please <laughs> yeah yeah it's more fun that way forced family fun but i settled on ramona's now classic drink order which is um oh, hang on i wrote it down because it's very specific it's a shot of vodka in a large stemmed wine glass filled with ice to the top topped off with soda water and then four lime wedges on a separate plate on the side so basically a vodka soda. <laughs> it's just such Why a Why are the lime wedges on the side? Do you think the lime wedges... Now, hang on, I actually might... I might be in agreement with Ramona here. Nothing, mm. as a devout tonic water drinker, nothing annoys me more than when someone makes me a tonic water and puts a wedge of lime or lemon in the drink but doesn't squeeze it. So it's just like pointlessly bobbing there where it's not adding any flavour to the drink. And then you have to like fish it out with your fingers and squeeze it yourself. So perhaps Ramona is asking for them on the side so that she can squeeze her limes before she drops them in. Well, I would argue that it's infusing. You know, it depends on how much lime that you want. You know, maybe you don't want a whole like squeeze of lime juice in there. You just want like the zest to percolate. I just don't feel like it is. I think unless you unless you've like un unzest unless oh. <laughs> sorry there's four vodkas i had this mm. afternoon are finally kicking in <laughs> i think unless unless you've already like grated up the zest a bit i don't think it would be infusing i mean feel free to to write in and disagree with me here but if you're just dropping a cut and normally they've been out a while so they're quite like stale yeah, they're browned by that point if yeah. you're just dropping in a wedge I'm not sure how much flavour that's infusing into your drink. I think you've got to give it a little bit of, of pulverising action mm -hmm. to get the sweet stuff. Do you know what? I do think, I, I, I agree. I think that Ramona is onto something and say what you will about Ramona. I wouldn't trust her on many things, but when it comes to a drink order, I actually would. And she's, I feel like she really knows her stuff. She's been to enough bars mm. in her life. She knows what works for her. And she even makes the point, she actually, when she makes it at home, she just has two lime wedges on the side, but she knows in a bar that they're a bit stingy with their lime wedges and they cut them up extra small. So she actually asked for four in that case. And it's just good to have the she option, She knows what she's it? doing. Yeah, she wants to, maybe she wants like a heavy lime juicy, uh, vodka soda maybe she doesn't depending on the day but the ladies of new york generally know their drinks don't they like oh i feel like of all the shows they're 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 most serious when we're getting down to it with alcohol they know what they want they most of the time they know how much they can handle no 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 <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that that made no Try sense it. whatsoever um <laughs> They're serious in their alcoholism. Is that what you meant? Right. Right. But I meant like they're there to have a good time. So I think what I meant is like they know that they can drink a lot for a big night out where I think someone like me back when I would have drunk, I probably would have stopped quite early thinking like, oh, I don't think I can drink more than that. Whereas I feel like they know they can drink a lot. I wouldn't necessarily argue that their like behavior reflects that, but they're certainly they're in it for like big nights i mean they're they're consummate professionals ellie because they not mm. only have a big night but then they're up at six o'clock the next morning doing yoga doing yoga harassing the poor yoga teacher probably trying to get in his knickers so i mean they're always or surfing on it. yeah i know they i'm i'm always in awe of how they show up the next morning 
100%. If I'd been able to do that, I wouldn't have quit drinking. It's another reason why neither of us would have been very good on the show, I think. I honestly could not keep up. No, I'd have been a total write-off for the next day. But it's weird because it kind of is... I, I feel like it's such an ingrained part of the show. I mean, we've had these conversations um, off the podcast where we're like, <laughs> tequila is like the seventh housewife it is its own character in a way and it's so ingrained within the show but actually it's a kind of weirdly recent addition to the new york canon actually yeah when you go back and look at those early seasons alcohol really didn't play that big a part and if anything drinking too much was definitely seen as very déclassé. absolutely was very the countess was straight on you know you don't get drunk at a party you don't um, I think wasn't there even there was a shot of Ramona having a glass of Ramona Pino at like midday at a fashion show right. or something and they were all commenting on it they were all questioning whether Ramona had a bit of a problem and Luann was sort of pulling out one of her classic countess sorry I just burped which probably doesn't <laughs> keep it in I'm keeping it, it in it's appropriate <laughs> didn't make it into class with the countess <laughs> But it is in Kelly Benson's book. But I feel like it, you know, it was straight to one of Luann's talking heads of like, you know, drinking at at 12 at a fashion show. Darling. Darling, you just don't do that. No. So I feel like, yeah, back then it was like seen as quite vulgar Mm -hmm. to drink too much. And even when Sonia first came on to the show, we didn't see her relationship with alcohol in the same way that pretty quickly about a season in, like old sloppy zones kind of made a full Mm -hmm. appearance i mean i think that the whole the attitude with alcohol i think it's very intricately tied in with the kind of thing that we're talking about on the aviva episode when they really shook it up for season five and going from how the show originally started as you said before ellie is a kind of a very sincere docudrama about the movers and shakers of you know the most famous city in the world and and i think the show and the women were very concerned with projecting this kind of appearance of a sense of opulence and glamour And then Mm. cut to 10 years later, all that artifice has kind of been stripped away by both the show. They don't really try and project that anymore and by the women themselves. And it's, it's, it's funny to look at New York, which is these women represent the most dynamic city of all the Housewives franchises, if not in the world. But you'd be forgiven for thinking that because over the years, it has focused less and less on that kind of sex in the city-esque glamour of Manhattan in favour of literally just locking all the women in a house in the middle of nowhere, whether it be Bluestone Manor or Ramona's Hamptons house or on a, a vacation and just plying them with alcohol. I mean, it's funny, since I've gotten back, I've been watching the episodes on Hey You and it's just funny watching... They have like the little, um, you know, the little description of the show and it says underneath, get a glimpse into the glamorous lives of New York's elite. So I'm literally reading that whilst I'm watching a video of Sonia, like with the knickers around her ankles, going for a piss in a cornfield. <laughs> going- <You know? laughs> it's like how times have changed. <laughs> I know. It feels like they've gone from like benefiting tens of thousands of dollars to like children's charities to becoming snatch protectors right, for yeah, each yeah. other. <laughs> It's It's been interesting because I think it, it's been, I kind of link the growth of alcohol as a growing presence on the show ever since Bethany's second iteration. And it started as a somewhat kind of like lurking background figure. And then it's gradually advanced to the forefront, maybe in part to do with the success of Skinny Girl. I feel like just because 
it's oh do you think so well this is one thing that i find and i hope that we get to talk about it in greater depth in the episode but i think that's one of the interesting things about the dynamic of alcohol on the show is that on the one hand you have it as a very um destructive illness i would say that affects some of the women but also you have it as something that is very aspirational and represents the pinnacle of housewives achievement you know so then there's that kind of like awkward balance between the two can i just comment something i've really noticed going back and watching like seasons eight and nine is that whenever they're on holiday it's like where's wally there's always Mm -hmm. skinny girl products like blurred in the background of every shot like I don't think I'd got quite how marketing savvy or or like ruthless Bethany was until I noticed that where I was like, she never misses an opportunity for her products to be mm-hmm. in shot mm-hmm. in the show. But that's on holiday. That means that they're having to like make sure that each holiday home is like stocked with skinny it's just, girl yeah, products. Yeah, everywhere. It is, it is like, where's Wally? It's just like bits of red tat everywhere. And right. It's, and it's kind of the more you look at it, the more you see of it. And it does just kind of, it's just always there lurking in the background over someone's shoulder while Sonia's just like paralytic, just rolling around just in a skivvies. But do you think in some ways, like you were saying, that in some ways it's been a really positive thing. And I feel like in a way, the reason it's tied to Bethany's return is because Bethany's return heralded kind of along with the new women in season five much more focus on being authentic and just showing up as who you were rather than this slight posturing of like the New York Manhattan elite and I feel like that's why people like Luann and Ramona were almost encouraged by Bethany to let loose and to sort of drink more and to be more fun because she felt that that was them authentically showing up rather than pretending to be something that Mm -hmm. they weren't. And in a way, that's a really Mm -hmm. positive thing. And I think was quite celebrated by the show. Like I definitely stopped feeling like they were pretending to be something that they weren't at that point. On the other hand, it felt like it enabled people like Mm -hmm. Sonia to use this is who I am and like authenticity to mask what I'm sorry, but I think is quite a serious drinking problem. Absolutely. It's a very... um I think it's it, it's a very risky um, business move on Bethany's part because it is free marketing. But if the marketing consists of Sonia falling off her chair and smacking her head and then calling the ambulance because she's abused it. It's not a good look. I've done a couple of commercials for alcohol. And let me tell you, they take it very seriously, you know, and there's lots of <laughs> things you can and can't do. And, and they're very conscious of just it being something that is aspirational and nothing more and it's never abused and you wouldn't get sloppy and anything that implies that you know just would not make the cut so it's kind of um i i do wonder whether i don't, I don't know i don't want point i just wanted to brag about doing an alcohol commercial <laughs> Clang. i'm not gonna say who <laughs> i'm under an nda i'm not gonna say who but it's a really famous vodka brand that starts with an s <laughs> and it ends with an f <laughs> Smurf. <laughs> it rhymes with mini curl. God, such an idiot. <laughs> um, let's talk about Sonia because I don't think you can talk about alcohol on this show and not talk about Sonia Morgan. And it's hard to even know where to start. When would you say is the first time that we get a peek behind the curtain of Sonia's relationship with with alcohol, where it kind of fully takes front and centre on the show? The first time that I really remember is, and my memory's a bit hazy about this time, but it was, I think, season six, when they go to the horse races and Sonia... Oh my God, yes. Do you remember? And... (gasps) 
Oh my God, yes. When she like disappears. Yeah. Was she drunk already before she disappeared or did she just somehow just get separated from the ladies? I can't remember. My my memory is also hazy from drinking too much mm. today. But I think that she got increasingly drunk while they were there. And then, and then what happened? She did, they won and she disappeared and then she comes back to the house and she's screaming at everyone. She's like cursing and muttering under her breath and being like, these bitches, they always leave me and gah. And I just remember she had, she had this like floaty sort of skirt and it was probably like half in her knickers. And it was like <laughs> really just the cliche of like walking in drunk, had like one heel in her hand. And I think that was the the thing is that, oh, this girl really likes to party. Yes. Yes, you're right. That is earlier on because I think in my head I was thinking the earliest instance that I could remember of it being really bad was Atlantic City. Yes. I think that's one of the earliest ones and also one of the best ones because, first of all, it's a fantastic episode from beginning to end. It's one of those, it's like... What a beginning yeah. to that episode. I think it's one of the... Oh, James, you, you've got a... I'm stripping you've got a bit off. shivery yeah, there. I did, yeah, I've got a frisson. <laughs> All through my body. Oh, you just got your second wind. I really um, did. Yeah, the beginning of that episode, the way that it's like straight in and we're straight in in the middle of a drama and we, the well, audience, don't like know what's happening yet. Well, it's also like we as the viewer, they, they have bamboozled us big time with the opening because you have the traditional B-roll footage of New York and it's like big upbeat music and normally you're like, oh, it's just going to be Ramona going for brunch with like, Heather or something so you have that upbeat music and immediately whilst that playing you just hear Heather going you're a bitch you're a fucking bitch you're you're a bitch oh, <laughs> and it's like so good happened? and also it's because it's not even like it's come over from the episode before it's not like from a past event it's like it's happening now but with no build-up and mm -hmm. it's like guerrilla footage yeah, yeah, yeah of it and it feels because it's kind of Quite like down and dirty footage, like on the street next to building works and stuff. It doesn't feel like the show. It feels like sort of strange behind the scenes footage. Well, I genuinely think that they weren't even planning on filming yet because it wasn't even like the camera no, crew were inside. No, otherwise I they would have been filming. Yeah, you could exactly. tell that they were like, quick lads, let's get this quick. And it's, yeah, it's really shaky camera footage. It's like the Blair Witch Project or something. And you can just <laughs> hear this like groaning from inside the haunted townhouse. I nearly just spat my <laughs> Ruby Bush tea all over my microphone. That is a great episode. And that is also one of the first times as viewers that we fully experience Sonia's broken record, like repeating herself nonsensical, like her software is glitching. Right. Yes, it's um it's it's a great episode because it it for me it really sums up the two issues with Sonia and I th I think it's fair to say that when people when Real Housewives fans think of Sonia we're pretty much on the same page and I think two things pop up the first one is her drinking and the second one is her delusions of grandeur as you said and how she tends to repeat and repeat and repeat yeah I always describe her to people who haven't seen the show yet she's always the first port of call for like the most tragic Tennessee Williams-esque character of this franchise of 100% Blanche Dubois could never and I'm not saying that the her delusions and her drinking are one and the same because there have definitely been times when she's kind of like reined in the drinking but she's still just as 
nutty as she mm. has been when she's wasted but they they are very closely interlinked to the point where one certainly encourages the other and here both of them come to a head because she's completely in off full force yeah and bethany really takes her to task and we get a bit of a taster for that kind of Bethany takedown in this opening scene with Heather. So just for some context for people who've never seen it or can't remember, it opens with Heather, Dorinda and Kristen Takeman, who are in the foyer of Sonia's townhouse and they haven't been allowed inside because Sonia's, um, she's not ready to come out. She's packing because they're all going to go away to Atlantic City for Ramona's birthday. And Sonia's ostensibly organized this trip. And they're all going to go in a limo, but the limo hasn't arrived yet. And so rather than letting the women in for a cup of tea while they wait, like a normal person, Sonia said that they can't come in because she's far too stressed. Sorry, Sonia didn't say. Sonia sends one of her interns down to say like Lady Morgan's not receiving people at this time or something like it's not even like they're like I'm so sorry Sonia's on the phone and is there any possibility you could go to a cafe or something it's literally like we will not be receiving guests at present yeah sent via carrier pigeon or something it's the most (laughs) yeah it's the most over-the-top display which then leads to uh, an amazing monologue by Heather in one of her talking heads and I took the liberty of transcribing it do it she says what kind of friend is this I've been here for Sonia when she's had too much where she cannot function on her own I've had to bring her home open the door to her apartment carry her up the stairs put her in bed make sure she's safe and now it's cold and rainy outside and I can't cross the threshold of Lady Morgan's home it's a pretty freaky double standard to me and that it sends chills all through my body but it it hints at that the kind of Jekyll and Hyde Mm. the the dual personas of Sonia where on the one hand it's that Lady Morgan cannot see you at this time and also the fact that she is just a complete drunkard and she seemingly can kind of switch off one yeah I suppose it's like on one hand like the haughtiness of being like above the others supposedly in when she's in lady morgan persona so directly contradicts like the sloppy drunk who needs to quite literally lean on her friends and be supported by mm-hmm. the people around her mm-hmm. and like pulled up by them uh in her time of need so it's another classic kelly Bensmoan up here down there yeah kind of contradiction it's not fair because not only is it really irritating to be the sober one and be around people who are drunk and have to kind of look out for them, but they will not remember this the next day. So I'm doing my best work right now as a friend and I have to remember this, but you get to kind of conveniently switch that off. Right. Well, not only will they not remember it, but also it's not something we want to take full culpability for because often it comes attached with a lot of like anxiety or shame. A lot of people get like drinking guilt or worry that like how they behaved the Mm -hmm. evening before. And so you get a lot of defensiveness. So the other thing is that, and we see this a lot on this show with Sonia and Dorinda's another huge offender for this, which is massively playing down how they behaved the Mm -hmm. night before Mm -hmm. or playing down how drunk they were and going, um, No, I actually didn't because I didn't even drink by the time we got here. So you're not even getting full credit for being that friend or for supporting like that or for being there. It's not like someone's going, oh, my God, I was completely gone last night. Thank you so much for Mm -hmm. carrying me upstairs. That person's like, hey, that was fun last night. And you're like, "Mm." it wasn't. But then if you were like, it wasn't that fun for me, it'd be like... I, I think you're pushing bad buttons there. Yeah. So Yeah, and it's that, that delusion of um not I wasn't that bad last night, but it was fantastic. I was partying with Madonna and John John. I do it all the time, even though John John's well, long James, dead. James John John's dead. He, yeah, I mean so. 
So that kind of bleeds into how she's sort of behaving for the rest of the episode, because then eventually when all of the girls are in the limo and they're on their way to Atlantic City, she's talking to Bethany and she's just on a roll. She's talking about how she has friends around the world laying out the red carpet for me. They're sending me tickets to come to Dubai and Start and and Phuket. Oh, God, it's that awful bit where she's going where she keeps going, they don't understand that like it's a different lifestyle. And when Bethany's saying, don't don't say that, don't say it's a different lifestyle. And she goes, oh, right, because they don't because they don't have it. Yeah. It makes them feel bad. And Bethany's like, no, 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 Sonia, you, you've missed. Don't say that either. Yeah. Like she's the, the level of delusion that she hits in this episode is so kind of otherworldly. It's it's actually quite difficult to watch certain points and again I suppose uh, it's the same sort of territory Kelly Bensman was in which is when someone stops making sense then the show hits a, a kind of problematic um, uh, almost like clogged artery which mm. is because it can't move past a point if someone can't recognise or own their own behaviour or their surrounding once you hit a certain point of delusion it's quite difficult for the show to progress mm-hmm. so I'm in a way I'm amazed Sonia's lasted as long as she has and it almost feels like the only way she's been able to um counter that with the producers and on the show apart from the fact that she makes very good tv is these constant stints of like seven to ten months where she'll suddenly be like oh i'm not drinking for 10 months and it's almost like she's promising them like i i promise i promise that the madness will stop for a bit Mm -hmm. so they're like okay so we'll give you another season and then the cycle sort of starts again yeah, I feel like... Um, because, you know, she had a glass of rosé with her water pills. <laughs> like, the the number every season, I feel like we get a new bullshit reason why Sonia's completely smashed. Mm-hmm. It's always that thing of being like, oh, it's because I mixed. Oh, I shouldn't have mixed right. by accident. Or like, oh, it's because I didn't eat. I didn't eat anything all day. Or, my God, in tequila, she says that she hadn't drunk for 10 months. And then she suddenly drinks like 15 tequilas or whatever they have on that yeah. big day out. It's like, there's no... There's no rationale behind it. There's no thought of like consequence or I honestly don't know how she's still standing. A lot of the excuses are very kind of enlightened excuses as well. It's kind of like, oh, no, I didn't drink because the thing. See, what I did is I went to Europe and I went to see Jacques and I was in Saint-Tropez. <laughs> and then what I did is I went to a, a you know, a retreat in Bali and and I did not eat for, <laughs> for 17 days. And I had I had the juice cleanse. And then the yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of like not only was I actually not drinking that much, it wasn't my fault, but it's actually because I'm so healthy exactly and like you drunkard so you can just take it in your stride exactly and each each time it comes paired with a sort of realization that means like you say she's like that bit more enlightened so it's like oh if anything it's because i know myself even better now and it goes hand in hand with that the thing of again it's kind of belly belly (laughs) in a way it's kind of kelly benson right ask of you can't argue with her with her insanity when she's in that zone and again it's the thing in Atlantic City where she's like I I'm an artist I work in PR I promote people and it's just these kind of vague nonsensical delusional things oh my god the promote true. people thing that whole bit when she's so like when she's like the thing is I promote people and Bethany slightly bites her head off and she starts crying yeah and then it's when they're clubbing and Bethany sits down with her and she's like, I was just sad because I was saying I promote people. And you're like, oh my no. God, we can't, we can't do oh, this again. No, no, no. 
So she gets in a really bad way and I can't remember the specifics. All I remember is that clip that's now become famous of, just, of Sonia just in the club in Atlantic City doing the splits and Luan like shielding her vagina and complaining yeah. about being the snatch guard. And then we get, I party with Madonna and John John all the time. And Dorinda goes, well, John John's dead, so that's going to be difficult. And for me, <laughs> that again just crystallizes Sonia to a T where the present tense and then with the very harsh reality of not only do you not party with these people anymore but they're dead Sonia and they've been dead since the 90s yeah it's interesting that something really tragic about in that hotel room scene there's a clip just beforehand where Sonia and Dorinda bump into Carol and she sort of sends them back to like their room but there's an implication that I'm a couple of the others are probably having a drink in one of the other girls rooms and I find there's something very sad about the way that Sonia's going on about how she used to party with Madonna and John John is almost because she doesn't understand why she's not, she's not sort of invited to the party anymore. Like she's not, she's not the straw that, that stirs the drink. But the reason why is because she's tipped over into sort of tragic and sloppy and being, like we said, the person you don't want to end up having to look after at the end of the night. And it's like they've all drawn straws and Dorinda's got stuck with her that particular evening. But it's like, yeah. we definitely get a sense that one of them always has to end up, you know, picking up Sonia and taking her home. So there's something sad about her kind of throwback to these glory days when perhaps perhaps she could hold her alcohol more or whatever, where she probably wasn't as sad a figure at the end of an evening. I feel like maybe she was always like this, but she, was, she wasn't she was a sad figure or wasn't as sad a figure because she probably had her husband next to her and she was mm. younger. So I feel like it's sad because not only are those days over, but they're not even as gloried as she thinks they are. And it's that, oh, I see. that thing of she probably was, in her mind, was rubbing shoulders with the rich and the famous and probably was at a party where Madonna and john kennedy jr were at one time but they were probably going who the fuck is that girl god she's embarrassing herself you know <laughs> and then like her oh. husband just takes her to home and is like what the hell are you doing showing me up like that and puts her to bed and accumulatively that was kind of maybe the demise mm. of their relationship because it's hinted at that he divorced her didn't he because she was out partying in the south of france while he was sort of at death's door for a time and i feel like this has always been a monster that's dogged her but but you're right it is it's very tragic and i think me. She is such a tragic figure. Like, I'm just waiting for the day that someone cast me as Blanche in Streetcar Named Desire so that I can base my performance entirely off of Sonia Morgan and consequently pick up the Olivier. She is a, a goldmine for acting and there's wouldn't she be amazing to base that character like a hundred percent i'm not joking no neither yeah. am i <laughs> as in like that whole not only with the drinking thing but that whole thing of constantly throwing back and losing yourself in sort of fantasies of another time and like it really she makes a lot of sense of that character to me mm -hmm. it's that she did an interview on um watch what happens life once and it's a clip where Someone asks her the most basic question. It's in the middle of her rocky, um, Frenchy love triangle. And someone calls in and they're like, oh, You mean so Rocco, not Rocky. Oh, is it Rocco? Oh, yeah, Rocky. Sorry. Yeah. No, Rocco. Oh, my God, Rocco. <laughs> and someone phones in and they're like, Oh, Sonia, what's going on with Rocco and Frenchy? Like, do you see both of them? Have you chosen one? And <laughs> Sonia, she's like in a whole like red ensemble, red jumpsuit, a striking red lip. And she goes, Woo! And like sits back. And the answer to this very simple question is, 
So I was in Paris because I was opening the Morgan Family Museum and I stayed with Frenchie in the suite, the Sonia suite, in the French, in the hotel that he's doing because his chef could not come because the chef was in the hospital. So then what I then had to do is I had to take the private jet over to Saint-Tropez because (laughs) Frenchie could not come. Rocco had to be there. And it was just, (laughs) it was just like a series of place names and nouns (laughs) with no verbs that just was just like layered on top of each other. And Andy was like, you could see he was like following this corn maze visually, but was none the wiser. And it's, it's why we love her, but also why, like you say, it's just, it's exactly like something out of Streetcar Named Desire. And for me, it doesn't get more tragic than that speech that she gives when she's in the skinny girl office um in season eight when she launches tipsy girl and bethany is furious with her and just rips her a new one and she's really taken to task by bethany and she's given some really home truths about how sonia operates about her living in a fool's paradise her bullshitting her flightiness and basically everything that we've said and it's and Bethany says herself, I'm nervous for Sonia because I do not come from a long line of sugar coaters. And she comes into the office and she's like, oh my God, this is so nice. And literally the Jaws theme music is playing. Oh yeah. She's like completely unaware literally. of what's about to happen to her. She's like, hi girls. And all the girls know exactly what's about to happen. And they're all just like... They're like quivering <laughs> their heads down in their laptop. Like they don't look up. And Sonia's just backed up in a corner by Bethany and she's forced for arguably the very first time to just take a look at herself in the mirror and see herself for who she truly is. And the result, I'm not joking, I almost like well up when I think about it. It's the most beautiful, heart-wrenching, Shakespearean monologue I've ever seen on television, film, theatre, any art form. And again, I wrote it down word for word and I would like to share it with you. Go on. She writes, no, she doesn't write. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry, just before I jump into that. So Bethany, just for some context, she sits her down and she says, I hear that you started this new business venture with the very shady guy who sort of preys on housewives and you're starting this new line called Tipsy Girl. That's a little bit too close to home for my liking. Um, And it's what we call a cheetah brand. It's a brand that's trying to ride on the coattails of somebody else's brand and all the hard work that they put into it. I'm just going to put it to you straight, Sonia. You are a fake and a fraud. You live in a fantasy world. You have all these fake businesses. You have the toaster oven, the Nigerian football team. You have this website that's down at the moment. It's all show and no go. It's bullshit and nobody believes it. Basically tells her everyone thinks she's a fool. And, And to that, Sonia goes... Listen, Bethany, I just came out of a chapter 11. I had a huge amount of money to pay. And you know, right now, the aftermath of that chapter 11 is really hitting me. I'm just really trying to get back to where I was. I thought the alcohol was a great idea. I really looked up to what you did. And I thought it would be a great way for me to get ahead. I just thought I would have a couple of things, the rosé and the Prosecco. Certainly not what you did, not sell it for a million or a hundred million. Just sell what I can in the restaurants. They have restaurants. I know the guy Pierre forever. And people drink a lot of Prosecco. You know, and I do my Sonia in the city parties i thought i could have my prosecco at the parties i wasn't thinking anything like big like you're doing i just want to put my daughter through school i just want to be where i was i just need to get back to where i was oh it's haunting but she says it all on the edge but she says it all through tears like real tears not that your reading wasn't beautiful there but i do feel like we lost that that thing that she's sort of saying the whole thing sort of holding like with genuine 
not understanding as she's saying it and and she keeps doing these sort of shallow breaths between and she's like a sort of confused little girl and oh, I think it's as a viewer as a housewives viewer we are so used to seeing the kind of like the tv fake cry where they're like squeezing out just a tear it's so jarring to Ramona actually... on the bed doing oh, her yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's then so jarring to see someone actually cry like a proper human being. And so, yeah, her voice really cracks. That's what I mean is that it really, it it really, she really catches in her throat the whole time. And she's sort of. It really cuts to the quick for me. And yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's like a dirge and it really kind of crystallizes the extent to which Sonia has and always will define herself by alcohol and i don't even just mean excessively drinking and abusing alcohol but just alcohol as an abstraction and what it represents mm. and as you said you know she refers to herself at the bit very beginning of season three when she first appears on the show as the straw that stirs the drink she has always had this kind of sexy little tango with alcohol and for her alcohol is both her past as we've discussed and it's also her future it's something that she yearns for and also something that she aspires to so she's it haunted- is it like it is kind of funny just thinking about like what you were saying about alcohol's branding and how careful you have to be about like branding alcohol as as sort of sexy mm-hmm. rather than sloppy and it is like hilarious that Sonia would brand alcohol under her name as tipsy girl kind of cut to her like falling off the table like off her chair and under the table like screaming at bethany or like holding that dog on her head and the berserkers like like tipsy girl is is kind of understatement of the year from sonia morgan oh exactly yeah it's like she says in the reunion like i should have called it fat tipsy bitches not even that it should have been like fat wasted bitches like that would have been more appropriate it's just such a flight of fancy for even for Sonia and I think that tipsy implies kind of like glamour and a playfulness to it right um, and it's irreverent and and a flirtiness to it rather than right. like you know Sonia with her Dorinda sort of trying to shove a pair of bikini bottoms onto oh Sonia while she keeps going those aren't my pants yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that bit is so funny <laughs> those aren't my pants it's like an they're not my pants <laughs> Um, um, now, just before we risk making this an entire episode about Sonia Morgan, yeah. who else is up there um, on the offenders list for kind of most problematic slash intense relationship with alcohol on the show? Oh, it's got to be Dorinda. Dorinda! <laughs> I missed a trick there. You Damn did. It. Oh, my God. I'm She's- never tired of it. <sighs> Dorinda, Dorinda, Dorinda. She dark, dark Dorinda. I can I just say I love Dorinda, and when she first came on the show, I was very quick to say to James, like, "Oh, I would, I would want to be the Dorinda of the show." You know, she seemed to want to be like a peacemaker. She was everyone's friend. She, she had, she had a down to earth quality and a groundedness that I really love. I love her relationship with Hannah. Hannah, who I think is one of the most underrated characters on the show, she really makes me laugh, and she's mm-hmm. like fucking cool as well. Mm-hmm. And she was just seemed to be like, no nonsense, no bullshit and strong. And at first it was almost a bit funny, this thing that like she has this sort of gangster side that comes out when she drinks. And I do feel like as we've watched it over the seasons, we've just seen it go to a darker and darker place to the point that you were a few seasons ahead of me. And I was saying how I wanted to be Dorinda and you were like, 
I don't I don't think you're Dorinda. Mm. I don't think you're the Dorinda of the show. And now I get why. When you were saying why is Sonia still on the show and we kind of you kind of answered your own question. And I think it's because she knows when to rein it in enough for like half a season or whatever just to have a bit of a detox and yeah. like bethany says sonia's the repeater so she is just on this record table and it never really gets any worse necessarily she's just stagnating sure Whereas Dorinda, yeah. there has just been this very a gradual, spiral almost imperceptible slide mm. absolutely and like you say i the one way i would I, I i love dorinda i still do and i say that out of anyone i know real or imagined living or dead she is the person i would choose to hide a body for me because she's like old school and loyal and trustworthy oh absolutely but you also know that she knows people like she has contacts yes yes and i think that's it's that kind of like she's warm and nurturing and maternal but there is that menacing potential that leads into that huge negative which is just she is the nastiest fighter ever known for man goes for the jugular or below the belt she does doesn't she i suppose it's like she's those two extremes that like she loves so much harder than any of them in that way of like you know like you say it's it's almost old school italian it's like we're family yeah and i love you and i'm gonna and i now i'm crying because i love you so much intense intense love but that means when someone crosses her whether it's in like a grudge bearing way and my lord can the woman hold a mm-hmm. grudge but even in like you say that kind of fleeting drunk way she goes so quickly for the jugular in a way that it it's like a, a really scary, nasty streak mm. to have around. 100%. And much like, not that Sonia does this, but she's very similar to Sonia in that at this point, the, she can be a nasty fighter when she's sober as well. But usually the drinking and the nasty side of her, are they, they go hand in hand. And it's very hard to kind of untangle them at this point, especially in... But I think season. what's so difficult is that it's so tied into Dorinda's drinking, but then she doesn't take any culpability, mm-hmm. particularly... It's not like the next day she's like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. That was entirely... Actually, that's not true. In Tequila, she does have that moment where she says to Bethany, like, that was entirely the alcohol. It's one of the few moments where she does own that, like, the nasty things she said were all fueled by alcohol. But as the seasons go on, there's more and more defensiveness so that, my God, I mean, not only does she not take ownership of the things she said she actively like starts fights with people or grudges over things she says they said when she was drunk where she's remembered wrong yeah you know she is absolutely remembered wrong with luann Mm -hmm. that time where luann has has passed on something ramona has said and dorinda takes issue as if luann said it and it becomes like a whole running fight where Luann keeps saying, but I didn't say it. You said, what did Ramona say? And I told you. Mm-hmm. And Dorinda just will not budge. It's, it's completely Like that's a dangerous because- place to, to be in. It's a dangerous place to be in because as someone who loves Dorinda, I hope that the next morning she goes, oh my God, what did I do? And make it right. And she's kind of stopped doing that. But then you hope that she's going to watch it back in the harsh light of day on TV and go, Mm. oh my God, what did I do? But it's almost like she's watching the show through beer goggles at the moment to the point where it was just so toxic, where in the reunion, she was watching a package of her just really going in at Tinsley and calling her like, my gum lasts longer than you do. And like that, like turkey based a comment. And even then there was like the little clip of Mm. Dorinda 
in the reunion watching it, but like laughing, be like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Completely kind of unaware of how nasty it can be. I feel like that is sad that her relationship that was more fueled by alcohol has seemingly in more recent times transitioned into kind of just a more general behavior. And I think a sadness that she carries around that used to be like released by alcohol more. But let's just in case anyone for some reason is listening to this and hasn't got to Dorinda or doesn't watch the show and just really enjoys listening to the sound of our voices. Um, let's talk a bit about what happens to Dorinda when she drinks, because it's very particular. It's very like, like clockwork. Mm -hmm. She goes into almost like a performance. It's like a dance she goes into of, you know, the big gesture, the, the Italian yep. style hand. That's probably really offensive to say the Italian style hands, because I'm sure many Italians would be like, I don't gesture with my hands. But like, a parody of like old school. <laughs> Many Italians have a delicate hand, Ellie. No, I did. I once went mm. out with a, a, an Italian guy for a while who was delightful. And I think I said something or did something with like a supposedly like Italian gesture. And he was like, made the very good point that he was like, have I ever gestured with my hands like that while ordering? And I was like, no. But, you know, she, she, the hands go into like um, sort of pincers and she goes big on gestures, big, big over the head. It's like a, like a Muppet hand. Yep. Like a Muppet hand, big gestures over the head. I wish people could see my impression right now because it's really good. It's like what you would do for a sock puppet like that. Yeah. It's well, we see it directly <laughs> in the episode where she goes clip, yeah. clip. That's one of my favorite, by the way. Yeah bits of any Dorinda mm -hmm. performance but yeah so we get like big gestures we get very slurry and we get very nonsensical there's that amazing bit where Bethany does the impression of her where she's like but yeah she like the sentences stop making much sense where it's a bit like you're coming and you don't and now I'm out and now I'm getting kind of cross about it yeah you better back it up and back it up quick <laughs> she's like don't do that don't no yeah I'm not sorry you're sorry <laughs> you're breaking my heart Bethany you break my heart okay lots of head shaking yeah. it's very gangster and it's very it's very broad she always has a bit of food stuck to her face as well <laughs> she also does she gets very intense stare thing where she's like yeah you would like yeah. that crazy the one where she gets into with Luan where she's like didn't get arrested over a day yeah yeah didn't get <laughs> <laughs> loads of like head tilts you could be the biggest heroin addict you could be the biggest heroin addict in the world you come in my home I'd be like what the fuck's going on have a drink. <laughs> Do you remember that in Colombia? <laughs> Where she's trying to get like a cigarette out of a out of a purse. And she looks like the Joker. She's got like a full oh face of lipstick made across her face. It's a lot. Uh, but the thing is, we love that in a way. It's still it's it's entertaining, but it, one scene that really sticks with me if i may talk about this is when she goes to puerto rico with bethany and she goes to that dinner with bethany's um mm. team where oh god it, it's so painful it's so painful because it's like a, a a greatest hits of drunk dorinda but it's in a completely different context where she it's I mean, it's, the context this time is very different because it's not just John, it's not Sonia that she's calling a whore in the Hamptons or something. It's it's not one of the usual suspects that we see on the show. It's These are very normal, well-adjusted people who have dedicated their lives to helping others. And again, it feels like a very risky move on Bethany's part. 
in terms of like having skinny girl on the show and then plying the girls with her products and seeing what happens and opening up her her charity efforts on the show and you see her kind of like very earnestly deciding which woman she's going to pick to join her on the show who can take this seriously and be a good ambassador for the housewives and i can imagine you know some very um off-camera discussions with her with her partners being like look i know like you might think this is just some trashy reality show but honestly i'm i'm telling you this is for the greater good we're gonna get so many donations mm. in dorinda's the best like she is so she has the heart of gold and she's really interested in this kind of thing you're not going to regret it and then this is what they have to deal with yeah just to like briefly go into the specifics of the scene this is in miami and they're having a sushi dinner with um bethany and the the what what does she call it that this is a crisis like the rescue team yeah, with, the like with, yeah with her kind of core team that she's been working with for yeah. months before they all fly out to puerto rico the following day to begin their their humanitarian mission and bethany and dorinda have been kind of drinking they had a few glasses of wine in the hotel and then they had a couple more at the bar and then they go into dinner but it's only seven o'clock in the evening but it's evident that dorinda is three sheets to the wind she's mm. making immediately as soon as she walks into the restaurant she's making these like garbled sounds of awe just at nothing mm. she's like Ugh. And immediately she needs subtitles for each person she's introduced to. She like gives them a big Liza Minnelli hug and then just has like a little drunken nugget for them. She's like, oh, I'm an idiot. We've been waiting for you, even though they're late. And it's a horrible feeling. And I really sympathize with her because I I, I don't know about you. I do know that feeling of being the drunkest person Mm. in the room and that horrible realization. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't suddenly sober up and you've just got to kind of like plow on through and try and make conversation but the more you try the more obvious it is and also i sympathize because when i drink even when i'm not drunk i develop a horrible slur so it makes me look worse than i am god you are dorinda back it up (laughs) so and she it's kind of this whole um the the dichotomy between dorinda and the rest of the team is reflected in um in james's costume hour yay she everyone Everyone around the table is dressed in black. They're all for business, apart from Bethany and Dorinda. Bethany's dressed in like very virginal white, while Dorinda is in this very short lavender color dress that's like, I'm not a fashionista, but I think it's like Poochie-esque. <laughs> and it has that like crazy... <laughs> like, do you mean Gucci? <laughs> oh, is that what it is? <laughs> What's Pucci? <laughs> they saw me coming in Canal Street. <laughs> it's Emilio Pucci. It's that kind of, Dorinda does wear a lot of it. It's that kind of, not like paisley, but like it has these like crazy design patterns on it. Okay. Um, And it makes her stick out like a sore thumb. And there's an awkwardness to Dorinda as she's kind of, she keeps like, because the dress is, is a bit short. And so she's kind of like self-consciously tugging on the hem of her dress and you can see physically she's not quite in her body she feels like she maybe doesn't the belong then that the, the dress is wearing mm. her and just the ho- her whole look is at odds with the tone of the dinner and also the kind of very stoic monochrome of everyone else's attire so they're all sober and somber while she's drunk and looks manic and she's trying to follow the conversation she's making these garbled drunken platitudes about fighting the good fight and it's not adding anything to the conversation if anything it's like breaking up this like very earnest um discussion that they're all having about this crisis but everyone's being very patient and tolerant with her um and then bethany's charity partner 
who has been in the field for decades starts talking about his background and the specifics of the crisis in Haiti that he personally worked on to which Dorinda interrupts him and is like, well, how weird is it? There's an earthquake in Haiti, right? And then he tries to like get back and he's like, yeah, yeah, it is, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. And then he kind of like gets back on track. And, and it's hard as well because this is their airtime, isn't it? For this, really, for this charity and for them exactly. to talk about what they're doing. And meanwhile, it's- this like pissed Palmer Violet in the corner is like <laughs> taking that airtime and it's becoming like... I guess there must be a fear if you were sat there and you're not from that world of housewives and it's a bit like, but we want you to just talk about the project. It's a bit of a fear that you're being sent up or that you're like yeah, being set up to look like an idiot. Your arm's been twisted. You're sitting there. You've been mic'd up. You've got a camera crew in your face. Right. Suddenly someone walks in. They're wasted. Not only someone, it's Dorinda Medley of all people. And she's going, so what do you think about Haiti? Is there a means for an end for that? Listen, all we want to do is everything right for all the great things. It's got to be from the home front, right? She sounds and a bit the- like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> but she says, she's like, right, right. And then the guy just like sits there for a millisecond, just trying to formulate some kind of answer. And she goes, right. <laughs> like, right. And then she says that line that makes it into the trailer where she's like, do you think that the home front has a constructive ability to make that happen? And this good guy is really good about it and then suddenly dorinda starts picking a fight with him because he's talking about how he's like been really happy to say that he's like mentored kids who've now gone on to college and they're the first people in their entire families to have higher education and dorinda's like well i don't think like college uh and she's trying to like pick up like a a california role but like (laughs) She's like stabbing herself with the chopsticks and it's just like picking a fight with this guy. And it's almost like this guy in like, she's got like a red mist and this guy's mutated into Sonia waffling on about Saint-Tropez. Right. All engines go. We're now in Dorinda drunk mode. And it's just like, here we go. And Bethany ends up saying, Dorinda, you got to rein it in. And then Dorinda does the whole like, no, stop that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And it's all like the Italian claw and then storming off. Like you ruin everything, Bethany. The claw's back. (laughs) And then the next morning they're on the the flight over to Puerto Rico. And again, Bethany gives it to her straight and she says, you know, some of the stuff that you do is worse than what Ramona does. The only difference is I cut you some slack because you're a drunk. And you can see that she's kind of been caught out in something and she kind of goes, well, I'm not. I just and then launches into a Sonia-esque list of excuses it was like well it's because i started drinking too Mm. early you know i was drinking you know and no no, she was like well i was tired and bethany's like well you were tired it was like seven o'clock in the evening she's like yeah well i didn't have my nap and i shouldn't have been drinking i shouldn't have had a drink before dinner and it's like you can't and that's not an excuse and then like oh i've had but also the truth is that if you know look i don't drink but even when i did drink i wasn't necessarily like a massive drinker and i've never been someone who's been a particularly like sloppy drunk but if I had had an evening and something like that had happened and it turned out it was because I hadn't eaten or I was tired or I hadn't had my nap or whatever I would be falling over myself to apologize to say that's so embarrassing you know what happened is because of this or whatever where it what highlights uh, like the lack of apology in it but you can't just like pin it on other things and be like therefore it doesn't matter that I behave Mm -hmm. like that or therefore it doesn't count um it's like I've got a real a bugbear about anyone who behaves appallingly where they're drunk and then says 
well, I was drunk, so there's only so much mm-hmm. I can apologize for it because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I'm like, well, I'm unfortunately, if you if you have got to that place, it's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's it, is that Dorinda just sort of eschews responsibility in that moment by being like, mm, no, I don't think I don't think it was a problem. I think I just I just mistimed my afternoon nap. Bethany does make some gains then, and she does really get through to Dorinda. And it's just, it's why this vignette has really stuck with me because it's then the only time where you see Dorinda not talk about her alcoholism but just talk about her mental health which I think is the next best thing and why everything is just so wrapped up in drinking for her the conversation very quickly glides into Dorinda's grief and her loneliness and how she has she built up this life and she had a a daughter and a husband and suddenly her husband has died and her daughter's now left the nest and and she doesn't it's and she's now stuck in her later years alone with a life that she wasn't expecting and she really misses being a wife because she was really good at it and then she starts talking about her anger issues and her fears about you know dying alone and are people going to find her body and it's really dark and and I think for me it just that this is all kind of maybe a discussion for another episode but one thing I wanted to just say is that alcohol for her is a, a way of expressing that anger and frustration and sadness as it is for many people who abuse it but it's also in this moment bringing up alcohol was kind of the gateway for her to be able to talk about those issues in a therapeutic way right it's hard though isn't it because even dorinda talking about that stuff which you're right it is very important that she did and it's it's great that she's able to communicate that but as the seasons have gone on you know we're seeing that a lot from Dorinda. And in a way, I kind of agree with Bethany that she's not that different to, I know Bethany compares her to Ramona, but she's not that different to Sonia in terms of the repeating. I think we just have more sympathy for Dorinda because what happened to her was in some ways worse. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe it's worse in a way to be divorced by someone if you love them because they're still a lot, like they're still, they're still around. Uh, They're just choosing not to be with you. But Either way, like, it's hard because Dorinda's carrying around so much pain, but she needs to find a way to deal with it because she's also Mm -hmm. stuck on a loop of that pain. And again, it hits a point where it's like, I'm so sorry that you're carrying that around, but there's only so long that can be the reason that everyone's at the other end of, um, Mm -hmm. of your anger. Also, that plane conversation is really important, but I remember something really annoying me when I watched that, which is that it then, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it cut to um Dorinda's talking head and she's yes. sort of criticizing yeah. Bethany for talking to her about it and it's always such a shame when that happens on the show when there's an apology or what appears to be a bit of a breakthrough and it cuts to their talking head and they completely contradict yeah no it, it is I, I do remember that and I remember at the time that was when the housewives used to have to write blogs for the website and I was like oh yeah I, I would obsessively read the blogs the next day and she wrote a very scathing one basically an extension of the talking head about how Bethany's judgmental and she lays people and she's not the word of god yada 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 which is why almost it, it for me it kind of in a way doesn't take away from that moment though if anything it makes it stronger but because it just makes it seem so raw and so, just like this little glimmer of honesty yeah with herself and okay if it never happens again but at least she kind of had that moment where she couldn't then get off the plane and be like hang on a minute and like reassess and put yeah. a spin on it and put out a press release about why bethany's wrong it was just one of those raw moments of truth which is why we watch these shows and there you go they had alcohol to thank see alcohol brings everyone together right it's all got very serious i think it's time that we can down some of our favorite drunk moments on the show before we wrap this up oh my god and the show has provided so many so many 
I just have like a rapid fire series of things because I kind of wanted to talk about tequila in Mexico, but it's just so insane that it's hard to kind of talk about it in any depth and analyze it. You just sort of have to like sit back and watch it in equal parts horror and awe. Oh my God. If anyone hasn't seen it, please go watch the episodes in which they're in tequila in Mexico because it is peak alcohol. They are like, first of all, it's the most motley crew getting off the plane. And then Ramona's like had her um, skin burned off her face and like her skin is recovering. So she looks like, as Sonia says, like a pizza crust without the cheese. And (laughs) they go for this tequila tasting. Sorry. Also, just to explain when they've got off the plane, Bethany's sick. So Bethany's been like puking in a bush. Yeah. Ramona's face looks like a baboon's ass. Like they're all like staggering into their country. Sonia's probably wearing a, a diaper at that moment in time just because, because it's Sonia. Exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. So they go and they're in tequila. They are, this is like the apex of housewives drinking. It's that they are literally in the land of alcohol and they go for this tasting dinner. They have like a Chiron at the bottom of the screen, keeping track of how many tequilas they've had. I think it's like eight or nine that they have in the end. They're harassing these poor little boys who are handing out these, these roses. <laughs> and let me say, like, it's, they're so adorable and one of them looks like he's about three years old and if you're three years old and you see the sight of Ramona walking up to you pissed as a fart looking like a burn victim stinking of tequila I <laughs> shudder to think of a more terrifying image you and- know what one of my favorite bits talking about terrifying image and this has nothing to do with alcohol but it really makes me laugh is yeah. when they um Bethany's booked them some helicopters to like fly into their dinner and they're all walking up and for some reason like they're all wearing white in a very yes, kind of yeah. strange like virginal tribe and mm. Ramon is worried about her like new baby skin <laughs> on her face and so she's she's wrapped a scarf entirely around <laughs> around her face and is walking up like some strange mummified creature but completely casually she's not like laughing about it or making a thing of it just no one's mentioning the fact that i know <laughs> she looks like a hostage victim it, she like, does it's, look it's, like a hostage God. victim <laughs> So they, they all have this like this crazy drunken meal and then they inevitably get back to the villa and it's nothing short of complete drunken chaos. So just as a very quick rundown. Carnage. Sonia's trying to shag Luan. They're all writhing around on the sofa, showing their tits one at, at the time. It's like, they're all writhing around on the show. <laughs> 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 they're all writhing around on the sofa. They're all... <laughs> How's that vodka? They're all writhing around on the sofa, showing their tits to each other. Ramona's doing this like old lady breaststroke in the swimming pool with her With noodles. the noodles. <laughs> Bethany and Sonia skinny dipping. Dorinda's falling off a rope swing and belly flopping into the water. Bethany and Ramona are having a drunken argument whilst Bethany's naked. Sonia's having an exorcism. Dorinda tries to put a bikini on back, except she Dorinda's also drunk, so she's got the wrong bikini and it's back to front. <laughs> Have I missed anything? No, when you said Dorinda fell off a rope swing, you forgot that the ball at the end of the rope swing sort of attacks her vagina <laughs> in a way that she really could have used a snatch guard. Flings her up, it's like, yeah, where's Luanne when you need her? It's quite, it's quite the evening. But also you've missed, and then they all decide to sit down for dinner and Dorinda completely pissed, oh, of course. starts laying into Bethany and manages to stab herself in the hand as the grand finale to their it's, evening. She's never been more gangster, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it really is worth um, worth going and watching and it does provide some of my absolute favourite drunk moments of the show. It's actually one of my favourite drunk moments is is in tequila, but it's from 
the night before or two nights before. And I can't remember whether we've really said this on the show or not, but I don't love Luanne. I try and be as biased as possible on the show and uh, to stay objective, but I'm I'm not a big Luanne fan. However, one of the few moments in which I actually do really enjoy Luanne is her face when she turns up on their first dinner completely pissed at the table (laughs) and before articulating any words just puts a small gold whistle in her mouth and blows a kind of kazoo (laughs) and then just lets it drop if i remember correctly she kind of like ruffles her hair as well and she looks really pleased with herself yeah she has this weird incredibly smug cheeky look that i think is much more reminiscent of what i used to look like drunk (laughs) She looks very self-satisfied and a bit naughty and a bit sexy. And I I do absolutely uh, love that moment. And of course, that prefaces Luanne later falling tits up in a bush. Mm. And then later, how do you even describe what happens? She like steps off a large ledge and just falls flat on her yes. face. And goes, oh, that was bad. That was bad. And then Ramona's like, see, you should have gone this way. See? Should have gone this way. It's so good. <laughs> See, you should have gone this way because you thought there were yeah. stairs there. Another little nugget that I love from Tequila. God, it was such a good trip. Is when they get into the villa the very first time and they have like the, the classic waiter there with a tray full of drinks and they all go through and Sony's the last one through. And this is ostensibly when she's in her sober period. And she goes, oh, is there tequila in this? And the guy goes, yeah, there is. And she like takes a sip from the straw and then like glugs basically half the drink puts it back down on the tray and goes well i'm not drinking so and then just like walks on in it's like yeah great start as you're done to go on all right <laughs> what what are your other favorite um drunk moments from the I show i love that trip that they take to miami where it's dorinda harassing one of the poor waiters in the house and she's wearing another poochie dress i'm assuming <laughs> and she looks insane she must have gotten out of the shower or just woken up from a nap or something because she's completely barefaced and her hair's a mess it's just like she, she looks like andy warhol basically it's just like a mess of white hair <laughs> And she's like talking the guy through how to make her drink. And she calls it the pre-dress drink. And she she goes, it's a little bit heavier pour than you did just to make it snappy, make it good. And she literally pours in, I would say conservatively, half a litre of Bacardi. (laughs) And then she goes a little bit of extra lemon. And then she gives a squeeze of what is actually a lime. And then she goes, you don't know. And then she takes the time in the middle of making the drink. She turns to the waiter and she's like, you don't know what you're dealing with here, do you? You just do not know. A little thing here. And then I like a little splash of water, just a little bubble. And she pours like a thimble of soda water into this glass and then gives it a stir and passes it to the waiter. And this poor waiter is reduced to just alternating between going, wow, wow, wow. And then just like <laughs> staring pleadingly in the camera, like for help, as if he's some kind of poor hostage. And she is just... <laughs> The money I would pay for Dorinda to make me a pre-dress drink. I think in the most recent series, there's been some some really gold moments with Leah. I mean, Leah has taken it to another level. And I suppose in a similar way to Sonia, this thing of being like, oh, I don't drink, but now for the show, I'm going to drink. And then going absolutely mental. Mm-hmm. Um I did find it very funny, the thing of Leah butt naked throwing tiki torches around the garden while screaming, I hate these tiki torches. <laughs> um, but I think potentially the episode that made me laugh the most 
in its insanity was uh the one where they all went away was it is it to the hamptons and Leah has invited her sister to join. Oh, Newport, Rhode Island. Newport. And it becomes this whole furore over whether her sister can come because I can't even remember who it is. One of the women starts being like, why is her sister coming? Like, it's like fucking Reed all over again. It's like Sonia or someone kind of gets in Ramona's ear and starts to be like, you know you should do this and you should do this because it's ruining a girl's trip. So Ramona suddenly tells Leah that her sister can't come and Leah loses her shit. And we then get this weird evening where the camera crew basically can't film anyone else at the table or any other conversation because Leah just keeps like running through the shot, throwing chairs and like dragging people across the floor by their foot and just sort of screaming. And she also ten- has this tendency to like attack the food in the middle of the table. She does. She A, a ravioli triggers her. Oh <laughs> my Ramona gosh. and ravioli together and then it's chaos. That I remember that that evening the footage from that evening really making me laugh she Um, it was like a hurricane hurricane leah 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 has like changed the dynamic in a way because i do feel that in the most recent series um drinking's now become so normalized on the show and that level of drinking Mm -hmm. where you know tequila in a way what felt it yeah it was mad but it felt understandable that they were almost drinking that much because they were in tequila and it was a tequila tasting trip and it was also a skinny girl trip so it was about alcohol and it was almost like their big climax on the alcohol front now we're talking about people getting that pissed at like newport and the hamptons like it's really lost its occasion yeah it's it's no longer a designated space at this point and i feel like that it does somewhat feel like drinking on the show has somewhat jumped the shark in the the last season felt, especially with the absence of Bethany, with a kind of a sensible, or even like a Heather Holler Thompson, you need like a duenna to sort of keep the girls shepherded together and keep them in line. Yes. Because otherwise it is just, it makes for something completely chaotic. And the last season felt like just a series of vignettes where they were just in a different locale, just all of them getting wasted. And, you know, which is all well and good, but it would be interesting to see what happens. But it's sort the- of not because it can't, it can't really hold like that yes like it's sort of summed up by dorinda coming out at the fun kind of fall day out with that giant wine glass being like look guys i found like i'll just have one and it's like yeah but that is that's the show in a nutshell now yeah that's it i don't really know how they're going to come back from that no i exactly i think it'll be interesting to see what happens next season you know i gather that they have a few new housewives it'll be interesting if one of them does sort of fill that role because it definitely of... feels slightly out of control and it feels like sadly drinking's now become part of the kind of initiation of it of like if you can't keep up with these girls then you can't be on the show which is a shame because the show was able to do good for so long without being reliant on alcohol as quite a kind of cheap trick for making good TV. So mm. I'd be sad if it lost if it if it was left with all its kind of chaotic players with like Luann and Sonia and Ramona and stuff. I know that they're the OGs, but actually the show's been so grounded and rooted by people like you say, like Heather and Bethany and Carol. And like, it needs those pillars to kind of keep it up. And Leah's great, but she's not a pillar. She's like, Mm -hmm. she's another kind of crazy kooky character and it also it doesn't do the like the likes of ramona and luann and sonia any justice because the fact is they're just as entertaining when they are sober or relatively sober. absolutely you know, they are absolutely mental and they make for quality television like they don't need to do it all the time absolutely we love them just as they are just the way they are right on that note shall we just wrap things up in a nice little bow 
And absolutely, I've finished my robust tea. I'm I'm ready to hit something harder, maybe like a chai. Oh, God. You're making <laughs> me feel hungover just by the talk of it. Oh, God, it's been fun, Ellie. It's been fun. It has been fun. What are we going to talk about next time? I don't know. What are we going to talk about next time? Oh, okay. oh you you tell me. <laughs> Well, Ellie, what we're going to talk about next time, we're going to talk about, because for someone who has been on the show for as long as she has, we haven't really given her her dues yet. It's the one, the only, the singer-stinger, the apologizer, Uh, Ramona Ryder. It's Ramona Singer herself in all her glory. So, Oh, I've got a headache already. We're going to be taking a little look at uh, how she works, how she operates, the fights that she picks, and um, just all her little quirks that make her her, really. Are you excited? Mildly. I mean, for a show that I adore, I've got to say, a lot of these bitches drive me crazy, and I like the thought of talking about any one of them kind of makes me woozy, makes me want to start (laughs) drinking again. But... um, (laughs) Right, let's do it. Let's get on the Ramona coaster. I'll be ordering my Ramona Pinot Grigio, especially for the occasion. I'll be keeping myself drunk until this time next week. So, can, I, can I just say that that sound was me getting on the Ramona coaster? I don't think that was clear. I'll do it again. Sorry, I didn't hear it. <laughs> that was it, like gearing up to go up the hill. <laughs> How will it end? You'll have to see. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Housewives Archives and remember to click subscribe whenever you listen to us so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating or if you simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining and we'll see you next time. Bye. Let's go get drunk. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs>